This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 636, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. People smile and tell me I'm a lucky one. And we've just begun. Think I'm gonna have a son. We'll be like she and me as free as a dove. Come and see me, love. The sun is gonna shine above. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with 
Hello, welcome to Pick of the Week, episode number 636. I'm Josh Flanagan, and this is not my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick, who is currently on a medical sabbatical. That's not true. I don't know why I said that. I'm here with Jim Viscardi. Hello. (laughs) Oh, it is so nice to be back. It is. It's been far too long. Remind me what it is you do again. No. (laughs) Uh, it's this, it's this tiny little website. It's really quite shitty. Um, mm-hmm. it's a uh, comicbook.com. Nothing That's but right. clickbait. It's nothing but clickbait. I've so heard that. Even... <laughs> I've heard that. You'll never believe what James Gunn sneezed about. <laughs> Look, it was ch- probably some. it was probably something about Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. It usually is. I, I, I recognize that. Although every once in a while, I'll, you'll see one of them tweet something about nothing to do with anything, and then 5,000 people, people respond in with, well, what about Guardians 3? And you're like, <laughs> what must it be like for him? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to have either Lamb or the, what about Guardians 3? <laughs> Just leave me alone. <laughs> Look, I want to say we have uh, redefined geek journalism, uh-huh. and uh, you can take that uh, how you like. <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh <laughs> Look, we are the only site left that reviews every single DC, Marvel, and mostly Image books. Can't find that anywhere else. I would like to point out that I have not said a word about your website. You just, brought all of this to the fore. Just want to put that out there. Okay, that's pr- that's pretty impressive because there's a lot oh, of crap at the bottom of that list. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and, and it's not even that it's bad. It's just there's nothing to say about it. <laughs> I know. I know more than most. Um, <laughs> Connor Kilpatrick's absolutely fine. I don't know why he said he's on a medical sabbatical. That was what came out of my mouth. And now, against the spirit of how improv works, I'd like to just go ahead and say, he's just not here this week. He's fine. <laughs> we Really? It would, it would have been so much better if you'd not said that and like just gift baskets started to show up. Yeah. Ooh. You know what? One of those edible arrangements. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell how that place is open. How many could they be? Like, they have a big brick and mortar store in my town. How many are they sending out? Look, I you, you you joke, but I mean, it was Mother's Day and my mom's birthday, like four days apart, and I sent her a massive one. And those things are not cheap. No, the delivery fees, all that. The delivery fees are the worst. Oh man, we are getting off classic classic Ooh. style. All right, we're I fanboy. Every week we read our stack of comics. One of us picks their favorite book and call. This is all written for me and the person who's normally here. But you're gonna have to be the surrogate, Jim. Uh, one of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We're going to talk about that book. Other books from the week. We're going to talk about the patron pick. And maybe if we have time, we're going to read some listener mail. And I'm not going to move the cap on the bottle when I'm talking because I can't take that out when I talk and do it at the same time. <laughs> the idea is that it will be fun. I apologize. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. Uh, there will be some spoilers. So exercise some caution in doing so. Uh, this week, I have the pick this week because... We don't give selfish. The pick. Well, we don't give the pick to the guests. That's the thing. I will say this: your pick would have been my pick. Oh, really? Yep. Well, and I'm not just saying that to you know gain some favor. It genuinely was my the, pick. The pick here is Marvel Two and One Number Six. I wrote one, but it's yep. six. Uh-huh. There's the second typo. Uh, story by Chip Zdarsky, art with Jim Chung. Oh, <laughs> oh let's give that a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really was a case of. Not a spectacular week of comics. There were some. Week. There were some. There were some long comics. There were some. Uh, there were some pretty good comics, but I, I wasn't blown away. And so when I, I sort of took my step back and looked at everything, I went, "Oh, that's the pick of the week." And it was you know like instant. I was like, "That that's the pick of the week right there." 
There's no, there's no doubt. And, and I think a couple of things going on here. Um, one, I don't know why we don't get more Jim Chung other than I know it's difficult to draw regular superhero comics, uh, on a, on a frequent basis. And maybe he doesn't have to, or doesn't want to do that as often. Uh, so what I will say is that when Jim Chung does draw a comic book, it is a delight and a joy because it is still special. Not unlike Frank quietly, uh, or, you know, other people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it just doesn't happen all that often. I will say, um, I have not ever seen Jim Chung colored by Frank Martin before <laughs> this book. And if it has happened, I'm totally forgetting it, but, um, I'm personally a big fan of Frank Martin. And so to see the two of them together really made this book even extra special to me. Does Chung um, have somebody who normally colors him? Uh, I think Laura Martin usually colors him. Mm. And Laura uh, Martin and Frank Martin are in no way associated no with way. one another? Okay, No way to, to my knowledge. I could be totally wrong, but I don't believe so. I, I do have – and maybe that has is part of this because I definitely thought – I was like, this is – not only is Jim Chung, this is like really good and it feels more modern and, and, and you know, to put this politely, you know, I feel like sometimes Laura Martin's coloring feels like it's of a slightly earlier time. Yes. Um, there's a yeah, well, lot I think more to stuff me, going on. Laura Martin stuff is, is like traditional superhero feel as far as it's like, it, it's digital. very in the lines. It's, it's always, um, uh, like her colors always pop and I think are yes. great, but it feels way more traditional superhero than I think what we've gotten over the last couple of years. Yeah. It's, new it's, colorist it's not out. subdued. It's not mm-hmm. garish. It's, she's one of the first people to really get how to use digital coloring to make mm-hmm. something look exciting and good. But since then people kind of even toned it down further from there, which is more to my taste, but, and then that's what I mean when it feels like of a different era, but of that era, she was the best thing about it. And and sometimes it's absolutely still the right thing. Mm. Um, this book also sort of makes me um, feel a bit sad that chip is not writing the new fantastic four book. Well, a couple uh, of things. I think, yeah, and slot will do a terrible job, no. but I've really, I've really enjoyed, like I've really enjoyed this, mm-hmm. and I basically have been in my head just calling it a Fantastic Four book. Well, it is, and and like I mean, that's the thing as you're reading this, like again in terms of something special coming along that you're not that you 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 maybe once taken for granted. I was like, oh, I, I, every time I start reading it, I realize I'm reading a Fantastic Four story. It's in mm-hmm. disguise. It's a stealth Fantastic Four story because. There's no Fantastic Four stories um, currently, or haven't been for a while, and and mm-hmm. it, it makes me really happy. And then you you put on top of that a couple of things. One is that Chip Zdarsky is doing a great job, and then mm-hmm. two is that I kind of didn't expect him to. No, and I I it- s- say that because he is a guy who you know is is in a couple of pigeonholes in a way. Like he did the art for Sex Criminals, and then he's wacky funny guy like that's his thing and this isn't that this is just good old fantastic four superhero and 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 there's no goofy dumb jokes like you know you know elbow in the rib kind of thing like it's just good solid Mm -hmm. and i don't think i expected that so that's really nice Mm -hmm. um this book is also probably going to be our last appearance of uh one of my favorite new renditions on a character uh dr doom is iron man um I you know that's a potential hot take, but I've really liked uh, one the look of the character, mm-hmm. and two just the character in general. Um, and so, 
to see, I, yeah. to know that that's going to go. I'm like, well, I agree. Okay. And, and he's on, I really like the road that he was on. Now this doom is different than the doom that's in Bendis's book. I felt yes. like the characterization is off, but I also have just gone with it. I don't really care. This one's yep. a little more classic doom, but he's still on the same moral highway. As, right. as as the Bendis Doom. And and that story in I think last week's issue, like kinda mm-hmm. ended abruptly. And I was like, so we're not gonna get like we're kinda not gonna get a resolution to that. Nope. He's just going back to being Doom. Which I mean, like like on the one hand, I've asked for that for a lot of characters, so I can't complain. But in this instance, and maybe it's because, you know, good bad guy turns good, but in a way that worked for me. Because mm-hmm. the like the thing has always been like, he's so smart. And maybe he is working for good, but he just was going about it the wrong way because of his ego or whatever. Like this, this played for me. This worked. Mm-hmm. This this take well, on Doom. Well, I think he also he fits so well in this two in one story because th- this whole arc has had, and like we, like we sort of said before, it's had everything great about a Fantastic Four story. Yes, it's had it's had the family, it's had Doom in it. Uh, in this issue, we get Silver Surfer, you know, sort of showing up at the end, which is uh, pretty Doom. awesome. Yeah, gla- you know, and then we g- multi Doom, like, <laughs> which is just like if this was the last Fantastic Four story, you know, being told, I'd be like, shit, it went out, it went out with a bang. Yeah. Um, but and again, it's I don't know if it's one of those things where it's because we didn't have the Fantastic Four for so long that mm-hmm. that's why this feels a bit more special. Um, well, the last but, Fantastic Four we had was, was it the Hickman stuff? It was Hickman. It was which Hickman was pretty, he- pretty heavy. Yeah. And also, while at heart a Fantastic Four, it was outside of sort of what you expect as Fantastic Four, whereas this yes. felt like Fantastic Four. Yes. Good yeah. Fantastic Yeah, because there was no future foundation here right. or anything. It was just, here are the characters that we want to love. It's Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's actually... It's not supposed to be traditional Fantastic Four because they're they're you know the Reed and Sue are from another dimension, they're you know they're split up so she they're not in the Fantastic Four and she's in with Shield, but really at the end of the day I was like oh this is this is totally Fantastic Four, <laughs> yeah. you know like it's this whole book is stealth and I'm I'm guessing that I'm guessing a lot of people don't know about it like we've talked about it but mm-hmm. like it's this gem that's happening over there and I was like why isn't this like if this was if if Marvel two and one one was Fantastic Four number one, mm-hmm. this would have sold two hundred thousand copies. Yeah, you know, like it it would have been a big deal and it would have been great. I I am genuinely I'm wondering what they're going to collect this as because mm-hmm. there's no way if they put this with a Marvel two and one thing that like it will still be a hidden gem. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. I don't know. But look at this how is, this Chung, is too good for people not to be reading it. And look at how good Chung draws. It, well, it didn't have the same artist all the way through. I think Jim Chung only did two of these. Yeah, um, uh, it's not bad art, but uh, it's like the way that he draws Ben Grimm is just a delight. And like this mm-hmm. other Reed Richards has this awesome beard, mustache, gray thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's just some really like big ideas and and huge images and you know the pages are all what you want which is out of Fantastic also Four. like and like the space stuff i yeah. feel like we haven't even really gotten yeah. from jim yeah and it it everything he draws feels big mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just been kind of like i i want this to to go forever yeah i mean i know just, it won't go forever, just a but just a good superhero book like mm-hmm. everybody brought brought their their stuff 
and and it's it's a really good Fantastic Four story. And if if that's the thing you've been missing, get on these issues. You will yep. not be sad. You will probably come away more impressed by Chip Chip Zdarsky than you were before. So, good on you. Let us move along to the land of Image Comics and the last siege, um, which I didn't know a thing about other than it was a number one and it looked like it had some knights in it. And uh, Brandon, Brandon Bigglestone, former accountant for Image Comics, edited this series uh, and she's good people. Okay. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, nice. she's, she's doing that. Now, what we have here is uh, more or less a medieval Game of Thrones type political intrigue thing. Mm. And the reason this this had a shot at being pick of the week for for a, for a second or two. Um but the whole time I was reading it I was I was reticent because I keep waiting for whatever the stupid uh uh supernatural shoe is going to drop. Mm. Cuz that's what always happens in these books mm-hmm. where where oh it's it's knights and they have swords and there's this little, you know, castle and then somebody's going to be a unicorn or something <laughs> dumb because that's what all it always has to be like oh nope the king's an alien never happened it's just just good old medieval uh political intrigue and i was like all right bring it on it's <laughs> great the thing the thing about this one um is i'm a sucker for medieval yeah type stuff um, little known fact, I have a minor in medieval studies. I did not so know that. I've, I've always tried to make a point to read as many new image number ones as I can. Sure. Um, just cause I'm always looking for something new to read because I feel like, um, my list of even superhero stuff, that list grows smaller and smaller. And so I always want something new to read, something sure. new to try out. So I tried this one out. Uh, I loved that it opened with like like at least like four pages, no text. Yes, and I can I can comment on that because and I well you can get you but let me just on that yeah. specific thing like sometimes the new book I I I as the kind of reader that I am like I I don't want to be hit with a wall of information right away and and some people might look at this as like there's no story here and I was like. No, they're letting me ease into it, which is a really big deal for me. Like, I didn't want to get overwhelmed at first. I wanted to get a sense of what it was. And that actually let us do that. And I was like, that's a really good move. And the fact that you print, you pointed it out, I think, is is really significant, too. Cause yeah, and I, like, and I hate using this because I feel like it's a buzzword for comic storytelling. But it felt cinematic mm-hmm. in a sense that it was it, – it just – it eased you right into the story. And, and, it, and again, it wasn't – it still when you know stuff started when tech started to pop up it wasn't overwhelming and yeah uh, the the artist on this book justin greenwood wow uh, someone i have i've never i've never heard it before but holy moly yep. uh i would i want to see more um of this it was just the the way that he approached uh, his panels i thought were were great the way he approached uh, action mm-hmm. um felt fun and kinetic uh, and that mixed with you know Walker's uh, script, it, it just it just worked for me. And again, I like I was I'm on the same page with you. Where like I'm sort of waiting for the the ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Here's our crazy thing, um, robots. Yeah, but like 
I am starting to feel like that's not going to happen, and and that's what's going to get me to to issue two and hopefully beyond. But I'm telling you, if that shit pops up in issue three or four, mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be really mad if that happens. Um, but no, you like the it, the art really is very strong. Um, and and from character design to to acting to sort of to the also the the, the coloring is actually really strong. Um, yep. By uh, Eric Jones. Another name I don't know. I've heard of Landry Walker before. I'm sure. I think I've read a couple of his books, but there's a couple of basically there's a couple of fight sequences in here that are just one on one, hand to hand kind of things, and they're really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything yeah. feels dirty, and you're kind of close up, you know, in a way that works. It doesn't work at all in movies because you can't see what's going on at all. But in a comic book, it works really well. Oddly. Yeah, and I also feel like, like for the most part in comics, sword fights are always feel very stiff, and they mm-hmm. did not feel stiff here. Yeah. So. Yeah, but the sword was kind of brandished a lot, but not used. It was like yeah. a threat of sword, mm-hmm. which I think worked really well. Yeah, um, yeah and there's a, there's a lot of little things like what they keep calling the guy uh, basically stranger. It's really it's a cowboy story. Can't, stranger shows up in a bar. The guy who's going to take over and be the leader is like, "What the hell are you doing here?" And he starts to fight with him, uh, and then uh, he he kicks everybody's asses, and then you find out like, "Oh wait, no, he's going to be the rightful ruler now." And so, you know, it's a cowboy story. It's, it's a Western, mm-hmm. really, yep. uh, in all this stuff. Uh, but they keep calling him the stranger. They keep calling him the Easterner. And he's got a samurai sword, mm-hmm. which, like, wow. And, you know, those opening those opening sequences that are super quiet, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's sort of the stranger rolling into town. And and, and there's a little bit of a sort of manga samurai, samurai thing going on there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of good things here. Nothing exceptionally original but it's almost like it's like it's like one of those burger places that doesn't need to put avocado and quail eggs on everything it's just like we're just gonna make you a good burger and i'm like all right cool yep let's have it yep so that's a that was a great number one um i think if you like those kinds of things that we're talking about you will you will enjoy that so brian michael bendis do you are you you remember him right i i do yeah i do do we? I don't yep. think. Do people know that you spent a good deal of amount of time working for Marvel? Is that is that forgotten history now? Oh God, I hope not. You know what's funny is I was it's what I hang my entire identity on. I understand. <laughs> I was looking for your email to send you the list for this, and, and yeah, the Marvel one came up, and it was one of those press releases, and I was <laughs> like, all right, because <laughs> I used to get fifty of those from you a day, and now I get hundred and forty a day from whoever it is, Andrea or somebody, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I've still got some of those in my inbox, apparently. Anyway, Brian Michael Bendis, kind of a big deal writer, uh, and this was his first issue of of him on uh, Superman, Man of Steel number one. Broke that story at comicbook.com, by the way. You know what? Just because Rich does it doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> oh, That's how you sound like an insider when you're not, by the way. I, I walked away from the game so I can just stand back as a as a, as a disaffected observer. Okay, so what were your feelings going into Man of Steel number one? Somebody's very very familiar with with Bendis and his work. Ben Bendis's work for me has he's explored many many different styles of writing. Like, like there are some very core things to Bendis's writing, mainly his dialogue, etc. I, I honestly couldn't tell you what this one was if I had to compare it to another book that he's written. And I don't mean that necessarily in a in a bad way. I understand. 
just in in a way that like he f- feels like he has found a new groove. Um, I've never been the biggest Superman fan uh, ever, um, and so but I tried it because it's Bendis. It's a new number one big book from DC. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I liked most of it. I think the parts that I liked were some of the classic Bendis things. Um, just some of the the small uh, the small talk I liked. Um, there's a the bit with uh, you know Clark or Superman carrying uh, some criminals away, and um, you know he makes makes some comments there. Uh, those are those are bits and pieces that I really really liked. I don't really care about uh, the villain or why Krypton has to be destroyed again, um, but it's an I mean it's enough to get me uh, to another issue. Uh, mm-hmm. You know I mean uh, Ivan Reese is, is as Ivan Reese as you would expect, and so it, it looks great. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, there's the there's the requisite amount of Ivan Reese coming from <laughs> Ivan Reese. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it. I wanted to be blown away by it, mm-hmm. and but I but again, I know that in reading a Bendis book, I'll get there, and I don't necessarily know if someone new coming to this would have that have that sure. patience or and, not. And that's, I think Bendis is big enough that the expectant level of anticipation will carry him through long enough. I don't think he's got to worry about too many people coming along and not knowing what's happening. And and if, if that does happen, it wasn't like it was a bad comic book. It was right. It was it was kind of a Superman comic book, if I'm gonna be honest. Like that's kind of what it felt like. And and it was a little low on the Bendis that you come to expect, which I admit has been a criticism that I had levied against him in the past where like, all right, that's a lot of Bendis going on. And clearly he was aware of that in this. And I wonder now if he dialed too much Bendis out of it. Mm. And if you do that, what's the point of a Bendis book? Right. If that, if that, if, if anybody followed that, there are things in here that are interesting. I mean, you're like the spot that like the thing is, and this happened in whatever the issue was a couple of weeks ago where like he, they tease this story and like we saw the first pages that, that he wrote and it has this villain in it who I don't give a shit about in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's a bit more of that. Now, the thing that is interesting to me as a reader is seeing what his take is going to be on this. And that's going to take more time than this. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, like the, the bit, the bit that I'm talking about is like, is that first double page spread of, you know, Superman flying away and he makes a, a Batman joke about dropping villains. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's true. He does do that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the, and, and maybe Bendis always does well when there is a, a sort of a core character and a cast around them. Yeah. And in this issue, in this first issue, we didn't really get much of, his supporting cast. And I think, again, that's just more of a thing that will, will just take another issue or two. To be fair, I think in his defense, if he is picking up from where we we've left off, I've been, re- I'm I assuming you haven't been reading our action in Superman. No, I'm not really. Okay. I've been reading them now for a couple of, or whatever, since rebirth or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was all, that was all really well covered. So d- mm-hmm. it, Assuming he's not going to completely revamp everything, 
like he feels to, it feels to me like he's picking up where they left off and isn't changing anything and these are the same people so i've spent a lot of time with lois and the son john and everything and this just felt like that and so mm-hmm. he feels like he's spending time here sort of giving you his take on what superman is and that sort of levity with the thing about batman dropping people that was nice i was like okay that's good that's you know that's mm-hmm. where we're trying to go you're gonna you're gonna make this character yours but without making him sound like you know like he makes miles morales sound like it's not going to be that right yeah um he's gonna he's, he's very subtly imprinted that where the where the supporting characters i don't think we know yet there's this bit though what's funny is that he goes into the he goes in the fi- the building that's been set on fire and and the the fire captain or whatever she is deputy fire chief melody Moore, pretty redhead takes her helmet off you know and is looking at him and was like why are you setting up a romantic meet cute here <laughs> He's married with a kid in the other pages. <laughs> right? Like that's the, the, the Superman thirst is real. Yeah. It like that was and then she's kind of like, you know, kind of f- saying wow and then she can hear him and he looks back and it's flirty and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, but maybe that's his story. Uh-huh. Is that is thirst some sort of millennial term that the, I've heard it before, I think. Oh yeah, sorry. That I means that you want to have relations with other people? Oh yeah. <laughs> listen i'm a 40 year old married guy i don't know anything about that um 41 uh maybe that will be the story though and that will be amazing <laughs> superman has an affair with a red-headed fire lady i want that to be the story now just because i want to watch heads explode <laughs> so good oh man i like this issue better if i take it under those contexts <laughs> It, it was fine. Like it wasn't offensive. It didn't blow me away. It, it didn't. I, I'm not. I'm gonna keep reading it because I really. Want, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. I mean, look, they DC got me to read a Superman book, and they haven't for a very long time. So mm-hmm. I'm in. Superman's been super fun. It's been halfway dumb, but like in a good way. Like it's felt like mm-hmm. Superman for a while. Anyway, I really like Superman as a dad. It totally works for me. But mm-hmm. I'm biased. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and over at Marvel, we had Amazing Spider-Man number 800, so they tell us, because they know no one's going to count. <laughs> Actually, that's that's totally not true. There are probably thousands of people who've counting constantly. Um, this is Dan Slott's swan song. Um, whole Murder's Row of artists uh, showed but up on this one. not his final issue. It's not his final issue? Really? No. There's one more. There's one more? Okay. Well, this is, this is, I'm bad at that kind of thing. Um... But see, that's why I need somebody else here. You did a good job, A plus. <laughs> really, he's doing one more. What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you make of all this? Uh, I um, like Clockwork. Have really truly enjoyed every other arc that Dan has done. Like I, I just I don't I don't know how it's happened, but that's just how it's sort of shaken out. That would have started when you were well, six. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. Yep. Um, I thought he stuck the landing perfectly here. Um, it felt like a culmination, uh, this arc, I've really enjoyed this arc. Um, it's not to me. I mean, it's looked phenomenal. Um, but it, it felt, it felt weighty. I mean, I guess it was an 80 page book, but like, the emotional beats that were there, I, I, it, they got me hook, line, and sinker. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I and, and the you know, 
the different artists um, sort of throughout the book was not to me at all jarring. No, it wasn't. Um, I it, it it to me it worked really really well in a way that I did not expect it to because usually with these big giant oversized issues they just they never truly satisfy and this one I thought was like, Snickers you know, bar. Yeah, like it, you know he went down swinging. Huh. You so, obviously uh, feel different. Well, I, I have not. I've not jived with this. I've jumped in a couple of times and tried to like it. I read, you know, the Superior Spider-Man stuff. I think for a while, I've been in here and there. I even tried to pick up some of these issues just because Eminem was drawing them, mm-hmm. um, which is the thing that I will do. And I, the, for whatever reason, I don't. I don't find slots tone. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I just there's something about it that doesn't interest me. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I felt reading this. I thought there were a lot of nods to a lot of sort of very traditionalist Spider-Man things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that, but I I I, I guess I like a, an up, a more updated take on that. I guess it it feels very sort of basic meat and potatoes, all you want from Spider-Man kind of thing, but not really in the the flavor that I want. Mm-hmm. So in this, you had a lot like it. It's really felt like. It, it it feels very related to sort of Stan Lee era Amazing Spider-Man. It it does. It, it really does. And and I think maybe that is probably one of the the reasons why I, I enjoyed this issue more than maybe the other issues uh-huh. in in this arc is that um, it's that's a fair. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah. It, it it felt it felt like a just a really good classic story. Yeah. Um. But, you know, told with some other characters that I really, really like. Like, I love what the new Flash, you know, the Flash Thompson was, um, you yep. know, and, you know, his moment in the in the issue is is great. Um, the, the you know, J. Jonah Jameson does a bunch of stuff that, you know, he's done a bunch of work with his character that when, you know, he has he gets a big moment. A lot of yep. a lot of the characters that Dan has spent years building on all get sort of their their true moment to shine to me it felt like i'm gonna go down uh uh, a road here that you probably won't follow me on um but it it felt like uh a wrestling match in a way that had way too that has way too many people in it where basically it gets to a point where everyone hits their signature move um and you just lose your mind for it because it usually comes one after another and then you know once someone finally wins you're just you're so amped at that point that's what it felt like here so like infinity war yeah yeah really i mean that's it's that's that's kind of what it is and and i haven't been reading all along and again like this isn't what i'm saying is not even a criticism of the book like it's clearly well done it's a massive run it's a massive achievement you're telling me it paid off and you've been reading it so that's great it's it's it doesn't feel like it's exactly for me in every way Mm -hmm. but there's a lot here that's good clearly um there's the it it, is really a, a, a lineup of artists that is pretty spectacular um, and as you're going through it, and then and then the other the other part of this is that, and and you tell me uh, whose website broke this, but um, this is supposed to be Stuart Eminen's last story. In uh, I think Eminen uh, Eminen has said that he has no current plans to do mm-hmm. anything else, and when he wants to do comics again, he will. 
Yeah. So not quite retirement, but I, not quite not. So in that sense, this may have led to some of my disappointment in it, but it just felt like this? Mm. Like, because he's got like a little bit in it. You know, it's not the first, last story. It's not necessarily the most spectacular part. It just felt like, and maybe that, maybe that's fitting for Stuart Immonen because he's a guy who does that so well. Yep. Uh, but you know, I, I, I want, I, you know, I wanted to see like a flourish, but he's not a flourish guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the reason that I'm saying this is because like I, I hold Stuart Immonen in the highest regard of comic book yep. artists now. Oh, or absolutely. Ever. I, I, I genuinely, I think that he is. He's a, he's a better he's there's nobody who's a better storyteller than him period mm-hmm. um, and he can do I re, I remember I don't know how twenty plus years ago I remember first seeing his work on Shock Rockets by Kurt Busiek and just going who's this guy and he does a completely different style than he does now um, he's done the, the, yeah and I think that's been part of his success sure. like that, that dude can ape any style but still make it his own yep uh, yeah no so like I don't know I, I think I wanted that to be in something that I connected with a little more. Um, and then, you know, at the end, you've got, you've got a Marcos Martin, uh, you know, uh, yep. section, you've got Giuseppe Camicoli in here. You've got Nick Bradshaw, you've got Humberto Ramos. I mean, yeah, I think for, I, I, for me, especially with this sort of being Stewart's like quote unquote last issue, I wanted it to feel more like Marvel two in one, knowing that like, we're not going to get Jim Chung again on this right. book or, you know, at Marvel for a while. And that felt like going out, you know? Yeah. With a bang, but and, it's know. not to say. I mean, the Stewart stuff in here sure. is fantastic. But absolutely. If you wanted it, if it was like all Stewart, then you'd be like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Yeah, absolutely. I think that was kind of it. Like it, it didn't make yeah. it feel quite as special as I would have wanted. If I had, ne- if I had not known that that was the case with this, um, then then fair enough. Mm-hmm. Let us uh, let let me. Can I shill? Do you mind? I mean, I did. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. You, did, <laughs> yeah, defensively. Um, <laughs> This show is largely brought to you in part by Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, but also the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, if, if you are in this modern world of, uh, of long-tail entertainment economics, uh, you will know that the way for you to get the things that you really like that cannot command millions of people, but in fact maybe thousands of people if they're lucky, uh, is to take part in and, and, and try to match that value uh, by, by giving. And one of the ways to do that is to go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, where you can say, you know what, I really enjoy what you do with the show. I like, I like the work that you're doing. It's an important part to me. I want to help kick in a little bit to help it make it worth it on your parts. Um, that's a way to do it. Uh, the patrons also get, you know, some perks, some things that come along. You can see what those are at uh, at the website patreon.com/ifanboy. There's a there's a group uh, on Facebook uh, where the patrons talk. They're still working on the pledge drive, which is to get to the next goal. Um, which is a non-comics media podcast uh, where myself or, or, or Connor or, you know, we'll, we'll either talk with each other or bring in guests to do some special shows once a month uh, about something else uh, besides comics, sort of a, a mini version of that year-end all-media show that we, we've been doing for a thousand years. Um, so, so get over there, check it out. Um, you can also, if you'd rather, you want a t-shirt you want, or stuff. There's uh, there's phone cases, uh, which is big. Uh, there's shower curtains. There's uh, there's bath mats. There's things like that. With some of our our logos, we have got seven designs up there now. Classic iFanboy logo, the Herm shirt, things like that. And then our newer original ones, the rating shirt. Uh, if one is electro, uh, and of and of course, what is what is becoming a, a hit. 
uh, in the margin, in the, in the generous sense of how I would use the term hit, the nothing makes sense, nothing matters uh, logo, which can be on a shirt right now for you if you'd like that to be a thing and if you don't want anything to do with any of that but you want to you want to you want to kick in or something uh, you can go to paypal uh, all that stuff uh through ifanboy.com slash support uh and also ifanboy.com slash amazon where you will find links to buy all the books that we talk about on booksplodes which are our book review podcasts and a general link to amazon if you want to go in that way that's all the shilling that there is for for this this that's all i think that was i think that went okay that was impressive. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't super. Uh, uh, Beggy, Be- is Beggy a word? Um, no. Uh, Lazarus number twenty-eight. Uh, I, the only reason I'm bringing this up, this is our first quarterly issue. Basically, uh, the guys were like, "We have to slow this down. We can't keep this up on a monthly or even, uh, you know, sort of bi-monthly basis. So we're going to do quarterly issues that are a little bit longer." And and I just really like this issue. Um, it was a little meatier than your normal one. It's a follow-up to that last issue where um, the I can't remember his name, but the son of the of the big boss of the American people. <laughs> There's a lot of names in this book, and I'm not gonna remember names of a book that I only read once every four months. I'm sorry, um, but he basically he he gets captured, and everybody thinks he's dead. But he 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 in the last issue we find out he washed up on the shore of some Scandinavian fishing village, and he made a life there for himself. Uh, and he met a wife, and um, and everything seems to be going pretty well because he's got a baby. But then in the beginning of this issue, we find out that war has broken out between the powers that be again, and literally everyone dies, uh, <laughs> except That's for dark. two people in it. Um, and it's it's like really sad, and it's it's really dark. It's exceptionally dark, even for a book that's pretty dark. Um, which, you know, I don't know how people would come up with something like that in today's political climate, but it's pretty dark, uh, but it was affecting and it worked. And I, I like, I like this. I like the story a lot. And, and Michael Lark is another one of those guys. Who just, he's just fantastic. And if, if it's quarterly issues is what I get out of him, that's what I will take. Keep it special. In that same vein over with, uh, image comics, we have kill or be killed. Number 19. I wasn't going to talk about this again. <laughs> but I this is this is just a, a perfect example of a team doing what they do best mm-hmm. over and over again and it still leave you wanting more yeah. which is such a rare feat in comics these days it's true that- and and we don't expect that. Like a lot of times when people just only stick together with each other, you think, well, what's what's going on there? Why do they keep doing? Why don't they do something else or whatever? But it mm-hmm. feels it's more like a band. Like these guys just play great music together, and they keep doing. We're nineteen issues into this, and this is like their fiftieth series together. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Sean Phillips letters these. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And, and I think that – and that's the thing too where I feel like if you're ever worried about or, or wanting to try something new mm-hmm. um, or, or get into a book and you have not read a book by the team of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips and, and Elizabeth Brettweiser. Sure. Um, you know, but you don't want to necessarily you – know, you, you want something that's a bit ongoing – Killer, killer, be killed is the series that that you should jump on. It's that it, that mix of, you know, crime noir and um, you know just mystery that that they just they do so well. 
Yeah. Um, that like, just just give it a shot. Well, like here's the thing. I I I think I lost the thread in this for a little. Not that I got lost. That wasn't it. I just wasn't sure where we were going and if it was a thing that I wanted to keep doing. But this is this this is apparently the second to last issue. I yeah. guess the the next mm-hmm. issue number twenty is the series finale, and I'm sure like four minutes after that they'll be out with their next series, which is about a loner with a gun. Um, <laughs> and I say that with reverence. I've read all of it. Um, and then like because there's a bit here. I just the la- a thing happens to a character on the last page of this, which is I was like, well, I guess they are gonna wrap this up. Um, and then yep. you, you know, you read like he, you know, Brubaker basically says like, I don't want to say anything else cause I'll just spoil next issue. So, you know, the next issue is, is the finale. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, I like that. Like, I, I don't want something I like to go on forever. I want you to finish the story cause the story has an ending and we're going to get that and great. And I don't think they're going to tell us that there's really a demon or not. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, and I, you're digging this. And I, I came back around on it, I think. Not that it was bad. Um, I, I have to bring up Doomsday Clock number five because every time an issue of this comes out, I don't, I, I don't know what to think about it. I have no idea what's going on in this series. Absolutely zero. I read every issue. I want to understand. Uh-huh. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. The first time that you read Watchmen... Did you have any idea what was going on? Uh, I was very late to the game mm-hmm. on Watchmen. Okay, so um, you were you were a, a seasoned reader, is what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I kind of knew what I knew. Oh. I, I should expect something. I know. I think I would think we all did, unless unless we were reading it when it came out in '86. Yeah, I know that. I, I think I read Watchmen. I was uh, seventeen or eighteen, maybe a little earlier or later. I don't remember. There was a lot though, mm-hmm. and I, I by the end I was like I liked it, but I don't think I really came to appreciate it until later. Like when I reread it, like went back and I was like, oh, I see all the threads. I, I figure I you can see the planning. Um, mm-hmm. And the the reason I say that is like I I think that feeling you're having like it it almost feels like that's part of this like that's that's part of how it is like and if you were to go back and read Watchmen I bet I bet if you were to go back and read the original Watchmen uh-huh. and then come back and reread these issues front to back you'd be like I see it all yeah I'm guessing because yeah, these I, are also not that, that often but I but to, for me too also like I don't really have any real uh affection for any of the Watchmen characters uh-huh. with the exception of maybe you know Adrian Veet and his part in this issue I enjoyed and then once it strayed away from that I was like I don't I don't his get. his was the best part it was like yeah. a it wasn't it wasn't like a um it didn't it didn't make up for what he did but he wasn't uh, he wasn't apologizing for it and everything he said made sense in the math like, well, you know what? He's got some good points. You know, like, um, <laughs> I, I think the thing that's happening for me here is that I get why Jeff Johns is doing this. Yeah. Um, and also, like, clearly there's a ton of work and thoughtfulness going on here. And I think this is all really, really well done. I think Gary Frank is doing some amazing work. Part of me is thinking, why is Gary Frank spending this much time on this? <laughs> 
Yep. And I thought that, like, I get why Jeff Johns is, because he can do five other things. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if I'm Jeff Johns, I've, I've met Jeff Johns, I've talked to him. I think this is a guy who likes a challenge, and I think that he saw this as a challenge, and, he's, and yeah. I, I think he's rising to it. And I think at mm-hmm. the end, you're going to be like, that was great. I can tell he's doing a great job. Yeah. I think, and I think you're, I think you're right. I think that's the thing too, where, um, this is, and, and that's one of the things that I, I that can frustrate me t- at times about comics, but it's what I love about comics yep. is that this is a piece of a story. I gotta, you know, wait for the next chapter and, and it will all come together. Now with um, this, it's super, it's super detailed and, and the issues are pretty far. Apart. There's a lot of stuff in here. Yep. Uh, the the one thing that the, there's only one thing that took me completely out of it just for a second, and it's only because I've been watching this anime, uh, My Hero Academia. But um, there is a character in here. It's basically the Ukrainian Firestorm, whatever his name was. Right. Um, basically, looks like uh, a villain dad in the hero, uh, whose name is Endeavor. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, wait." what the hell and then um, i made a joke to myself and kept reading that was really the only thing that took me out of it well but my hero academia is a thing that people should be reading slash watching okay to the four other people who had that, that shared thing. experience yep um that was a tangent i'm sorry some nope somebody somebody's gonna relate to that mm-hmm. somebody will i i so i don't i don't know i don't know if i like it i don't know if it should be i don't i i personally i don't i don't really think it's wrong i don't care yep i'm sorry i'll I, tell you what it makes me want more Jeff John's Batman for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. There's a lot of thoughtfulness going on here and there's a ton of craft and skill and I can't not be impressed by that. It's just mm-hmm. all there is to it. All right, let's move along. We're getting behind. Crap. Uh, would you like to step into Star Wars Corner with me? Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, today on Star Wars Corner, we'll be discussing Star Wars colon Lando dash double or nothing number one uh, by a bunch of people whose names I've never heard of before. <laughs> uh, Rodney Barnes on story, Paolo Vianelli, Villa, Villa, I don't know, Villa, they're not going to work here anymore. Um, uh, I've heard of Joe Caramagna. I know him on the letters. Um, following up on 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 the <laughs> what counts as not successful hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that, that Star Wars Solo made it's technically doing it's technically doing worse than Justice League right now. So, all right. There's that. I, 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 everything's messed up. Everything's <laughs> off kilter. Uh we have a story of of Lando, which was the only thing in the movie that almost everybody agreed that they liked except me. Um which felt like Donald Glover doing uh, a sketch about Lando instead of him mm-hmm. playing a character. I said it. Uh and if you liked Donald Glover in Lando, you will have liked this issue very much because he's literally mugging at the camera the entire time. <laughs> in comic book form. And see, and that and that's the part that's the thing for me where I was just like, Oh god, I can't. Good. Stop looking stop looking at the camera, Lando, it's, please. It's really I mean, I, I think the art was great. This is a this mm-hmm. is a good style of Star Wars art. It's not too photo-y. It works. I know who I'm looking at. Like it doesn't look exactly like Donald Glover, but I I you know, it's a good it's a good representation. I really liked the way L three was written throughout this. Um, however, uh, I liked that character in the movie. I thought it was silly, and I was fine with that. But here, seeing the name written out, it's L three three seven. I had not put together that that was named Leet. Oh, that is. Yeah. That's a that's a gamer name. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. <laughs> I didn't know that, and it's stupid. 
Uh, I I thought this was fine, and if this was the th- the thing that you liked and you want about it, it was it was fairly unremarkable. I Here's think. the thing for me: I feel like had I not seen Solo, good point, I would have enjoyed this way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because or and and if Lando looked a little less like Donald Glover in this, I think I would have liked this a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you enjoy the film or not? Just basically short short version, for the most part. Okay. That's yep. fine. Um, I just I but I think having read this so close to seeing Solo made me enjoy this comic less. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because this is not necessarily the Lando story I think I wanted, and I, that sounds selfish. Um, but no, I get uh, that. I actually realized sort of partway through this, I was one of the things I thought that was nice about Lando in the movie was that they actually didn't redeem him. Mm-hmm. Like, like he had to be the counterpoint to Han being the good guy. So he wasn't a good guy. He was just a narcissist. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, in this though, they had that underline of, of, of like, no, he's still being a good guy. And I was like, well, that just undercut everything you did in the movie a week ago. Yep. There was that. All right, I didn't like it. I take it back. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't want to think about things deeply and you want like a heisty kind of thing, this is fine. If you this like that it. Lando, it'll be fine. I wouldn't run yep. to I wouldn't run for it, but I wouldn't run from it either. Let us move to the patron pick. Uh every week bunch of patrons. That's another thing about being a patron. Uh you get to vote on the patron pick. Um and this week patron pick was Judge Dread colon under siege number one um from idw and they normally a lot of times will pick a book as if they're doing the pick of the week instead of doing a book that they want us to read <laughs> like 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 we all know it's the most popular book of the week this week uh i i would not have known that mark russell was writing judge dread and and then i had to read it here because of you people and i thank you for that I have not read a Judge Dread book in a very, very long time, and uh-huh. man, am I glad that this this one came along. Really? Yeah. Go I on. Actually, I actually really, really enjoyed this. Um, <laughs> it felt very much to me like uh, the very underrated Carl Urban um, film. Uh, okay. And, which I, I really, really liked, um, but it all, but also was a bit crazier than that, having a bit more alien-type stuff Mm -hmm. in it. Um, I like Dread as a sort of force of nature-type character. Yeah. And this very much felt like that. I don't know if a bunch of other Dread stuff felt like that, but uh, or or that's out there feels like that, but this, to me... Was just was just plain fun. Um, yeah, I, I've read Dread here and there. Um, I saw the movie. I thought it was fine. Whether it's underrated, or overrated, I don't even remember. I was like, I enjoyed it. And then I never ever thought about it again. So um, I was like, all right, that was Carl Urban, who I, I sometimes I'm not sure why he's not a bigger star, and then other times I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Russell to me was the interesting thing about this, and maybe this is just in my head, but there was a there was a thing where I. I I, I was able to connect to it a little bit because I kind of had an idea about where the writer was coming from. And I think on other stuff that I've read, even though Garth Ennis is my favorite writer in, in the history of comics, you know, I don't connect to that stuff very much. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but sort of knowing where Mark Russell is coming from, because he puts a lot of his, I don't want to say politics, but a lot of his thinking, I think, comes out in the books that he's done. And they're often satire. And he's struggled a little bit. I've only seen a couple of things. He struggled a little bit trying to find a voice in other kinds of mainstream comics that worked. But in this one, I was like, well, this was spot on. Mm-hmm. Like, this was exactly what it was supposed to be. And his social consciousness came out in this in ways that, you know, worked. I think, you know, you're, you're telling this, this future dystopian story, you know, and, and you're able to comment on the stuff that's going on today, you know, and there's, you know, wealthy quality and blah, 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 and all that, those kind of things going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it worked really well. However, it's not even a however. I, I had, a, I had an epiphany while I was reading this. Oh. When I read Judge Dredd, which is not all that often, but it is one of those properties that Sort of like, say, like also a Hellboy book will have this. Now, normally Mike Mignola doesn't, but when you read a Hellboy book or you read Judge Dredd, it always feels like Judge Dredd. Like mm-hmm. the artist, this artist who I, I don't really know, Max Dunbar, like it looks like Judge Dredd. It looks like it's supposed to. This looks like a guy who could have worked with Garth Ennis on a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, but isn't quite there yet. Like isn't quite seasoned, you know, enough. Like mm-hmm. that's sort of who, when people come into Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. And it felt like Judge Dredd. Now, to contrast that, there's a thing that's really interesting about comic books. Now, if we're talking about our pick of the week this week, you've got this amazing, fantastic four story by Jim Chung. And in that most corporate of comic books, Marvel 2-in-1 featuring these characters, like you see a guy like Jim Chung do what he does. And you're like, oh, that's totally him. You know, he's completely there. Whereas over here in Judge Dredd, like Judge Dredd, the style of that sort of subsumes everything. Like you can tell skill, you can tell storytelling, you can tell stuff, but you don't, I don't get a sense of like, well, who's this person as an artist? Yeah. I just think that's very, it was the thing that hit me. I was like, you know, say what you will about corporate mainstream comics, but like when Humberto Ramos does a comic, he gets to be Humberto Ramos. It doesn't matter if it's Amazing Spider-Man or not. Mm. And I think that's really cool. So like that. while that's I, a good epiphany, Josh. Yeah, no, I, I like it's. It, there's a lot of stuff about corporate comics, but you know, and there are there are quote unquote house styles more at DC, but you know, those the artists get to be themselves if they earn mm. that spot at the table, and I really like that. And and I find that in Judge Dredd, like that doesn't tend to stand out as much. It you know, like when Jock did it, like it looked like yeah. a certain way, and I'm sure that okay, lots of British people listen. <laughs> there are a lot of Dread comics I have not read, and I'm sure that this happens. But a lot of times when I read a, a Dread comic, it's it feels like a Dread book. No, no, it's 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 usually some tertiary version of it. This one's from IDW. It's mm. not showing mm-hmm. up in an issue of, of 2000 AD, and it's not it's not it's not it's not Steve Dillon coming up in the world. Mm. You know, it's not like yeah, that. yeah, I know that makes sense. I get it. So I'm not reading Dread Prime, and I get that. So like the the few sideways you know, dread stuff that I've read. That's, that's kind of what I get out. But I enjoyed the book, (laughs) (laughs) but I felt like just dread, you know, like it was, it was like, Oh, this is Mark Russell. doesn't feel like Mark Russell trying to do something. He doesn't fit into. He's doing a great job. It's, it's really good. It was enjoyable. I don't love judge dread. Like I kind of get what it is. It's judge dread. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I, you know, you you fit in that mold and, and it works or it doesn't. And this worked and it was fine. And I enjoyed it. Am I going to be like, oh, can't wait, you know, for the next one? No, probably not. But, you know, it was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, put that on the cover. 
Do you have anything else to say after all that incoherence? Nope. No, I'm not following ah. that one up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that brings us to ratings. Ratings. Um, this is the this is this is that we were gonna rate them on a uh, we rate the patron pick on a scale of one to five, and then we comment on whether or not we're going to be reading more. Okay. Ratings. Go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a three, but I'm gonna read more. Huh. So after all of that, you're gonna mm-hmm. give it a three, and I'm gonna give it a four. Wow. <laughs> I know. I thought it was really pretty good. It doesn't super excite me, but I had fun reading it, and it was a different. It was it was a different. I, I don't normally read Drudge Judge Dredge. I was like, okay, that's different than what I've been doing. <laughs> but I don't want to read it all the time. Yeah. Like as I think, and I am gonna read the next one because. He, you know, he's got a smaller audience than Bendis, but I, I've grown to trust Mark Russell enough that I want to know what he has to say. Mm. So I really want to see what's going to come next. And actually, again, all that stuff about Max Dunbar, I thought the art was great. It worked. Yeah. Totally worked. But, you know, it wasn't like, here's a bold new style I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that. Um, but it was good. So so thank you, patrons. Uh, I think that was a good pick. Uh, I don't know that that was a discussion that you wanted, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> And now, this is going to be this is this. I don't know if this is going to be tough for you, but I do know that that uh, you're going to have to give out some superpowers. Okay. Okay. Oh. You're C in this context that would okay. normally stand for Connor. But the good news is, I am not prepared for this at all. So every week, uh, the people who pledged above a five dollar mark on Patreon uh, get their dumb superpower. We are working our way slowly through, uh, and the first up here is is Trev Boyd. Um, and Trev Boyd can adjust the DPI in what he is seeing. Oh. So he can either turn it way down or way high. But if he goes too high, he gets a headache. And it's one of those really bad headaches where you got to lay down and take a nap before it'll go away. Mm. So if he really wants to see something in, in, in a lot of clarity, then he's got to do that. But also, if he just wants to take a rest for a while, he can crank that shit down to 75. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see so i've got rob gersh yep i hope i said that right uh i'm gonna give rob gersh uh he's got uh razor teeth uh so you know he gets a tough steak uh-huh. he doesn't have to worry about it it's the thing is gonna be sliced up like butter candy when he's eating he doesn't do you, have to worry about it dude oh, i feel like this there's, there's a lot of room for error there oh, oh I, like i gave myself a hangnail the other day and and Rob, whole other level of, of uh, risk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse, but I, I guess you're right about the tough steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Rafferty. Uh, <laughs> he can look at any... <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> he can look at any livestock and tell you its exact age. <laughs> <laughs> what about that heifer over there? Four and a half. He knows. Jonathan Rafferty has an exact accounting of the age of any livestock. <laughs> that was being made up as it came out of my mouth. All you're, right. You're welcome, Jonathan Rafferty. Uh, J. Paul Massey Singh. Uh, is definitely going to be someone you want to bring to the beach with you because he has uh, the ability to cure any and all sunburn whenever it happens. Oh my uh, god! 
Yep. Nope. He just uh, all he's got to do is just you know look at you, mm-hmm. look at your sunburn, and uh, it'll still be red. Uh-huh. You'll still have peeling. It just won't hurt. Okay, I have questions. Go for it. So he looks at you. Is that an on-off thing, or is it just uh, a function of his gaze in general? It's a function of the gaze. Okay. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like something different. Yeah. Well. No, a function of the gaze. <laughs> it's a, that's a that's a we're not that kind of show. Um, <laughs> listen, there's no conspiracy. Um, a, 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 okay, so he's only he's basically taking away the the, the discomfort. So any inherent yeah, he's not curing he's not curing your sunburn. Okay, so any he's skin just getting rid of the the actual burn of the sunburn. Okay, so being buddies with him is gonna he works like aloe more than anything. You're still gonna get skin cancer eventually. Right, he's aloe man. Okay. I think we worked that out. Again, get over to patreon.com slash iFanboy and sign up for that. And eventually you too will get uh your your superpower. We're we're getting through them. Not I thought we were further along, honestly. And then I looked and I was like, oh, we're we're still quite behind. But not oh, no, we're not behind. This is the rate. Um let's do an audience question before we get out of here. We're, we're, we're starting to run long. Um I thought this would actually be a good question for you. Would you like to read the first email? You don't have sure. to, but yeah. I sure, Ryan from Worcester. Oh my God, that's Worcester. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Oh, New Yorker, right there. <laughs> Ryan from Worcester. Worcester. Uh, I just found my old copies of JLA Avengers. I have been thinking on it since the series completion. When is the next DC Marvel crossover? It's weird to think that during the entire twelve years I've listened to this show, there hasn't been one. Do you guys think there will ever will ever see another? Also, what are your thoughts on the old ones? Did you have a favorite? Now, I thought I bet I go. I bet Jim has good answers for this. Certainly better than mine. <laughs> um, I uh, will another one happen in this current climate. Probably not. I know Joe Casada is dying to do another one. Um. And so he largely places the blame on DC. Uh, I can never get a straight answer out of Dan or Jim. They say, oh, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Um, but like, I don't think they'll, they would ever take the next step to actually get it done. It really um, feels like a thing that would not happen now. No, it, it, there's no way anyone would, you know, the corporate entities that now, you know, right. own these companies would there, ever let that happen. There's that. And then also... I mean, you gotta. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think of the people, accounting. I mean, well, yeah. Like, I don't think that, money. I don't think that people understand. It's not even because the the the, the issue, the money from the issues would be relative peanuts. Because, it, <laughs> but I think what people need to understand is that these characters are now, by many orders of magnitude, more valuable than they have ever been. Mm-hmm. On a global scale, they are way more recognized than anything else. When they've ever been before, and this is, these are characters who were you know ubiquitous in the early '80s and late '70s and and even the '60s, you know, like but but this what they are today dwarfs that, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, because because I mean you know in probably Disney's corporate mind, having Iron Man you know rub shoulders with someone like Green Lantern in in Disney's eyes instantly gives Green Lantern way more credibility, yeah, uh, because uh, you know he may be. Got a, landed a few punches on Iron Man, and that well, that used to be the thing though. Was like there was a pride thing, like yep. well, God, who's gonna you know? Like really, it was just dudes 
in the 70s and 80s, it was just dudes at DC and Marvel going, well, I don't want Captain America to lose to Batman and vice versa. Now, like, it's all, it's investment bankers. Like, it's not even, it's not even on that plane anymore. Yep. Uh, it's on a but private I, plane. I will admit, there are a lot of those. JLA Avengers is probably my least favorite of the those crossovers. Um, there is a, uh, a Batman Daredevil. Was there a Batman Daredevil? No, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm not thinking of a Marvel DC. There was uh, there was Spawn, That's... Spawn Batman, or was it Spawn Pun? Spawn. It was there was a Batman Spawn, wasn't there? There was a Batman. There. Now, now I can't remember which one it was. That's more likely to happen, although less likely to happen. Yep. Like an indie thing would be going, but even that's not, not yes. likely. Okay. No, it was it was Batman and Spawn. Yeah. Um, because that was the one that was I In forgot. Was written by written by Frank, drawn by Todd. Yeah. Um. And like to me, that one was uh, you know a lot more fun. I think the ones that ended up being more like one character and another character um, were that were not sort of your standard DC Marvel, but it may have been Marvel someone else or DC someone else were were always more fun for me. Um, but back then, like you said, you know the the creatives involved were had a lot more leeway to be like, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. Yeah. And now it's a whole it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. The thing was, I always felt that they they kind of were more exciting in idea than they were in execution because there's kind of no way to come through on that. Yeah. But I'm also not a little kid anymore. Like I'd want a real story, and that's kind of I mean, you're kind of seeing you're kind of seeing that with Watchmen. It's not not in the corporate level, but you're kind of seeing that. And we both talked about how we're confused. Yeah, because they're trying to make it real and like how does Batman interact with you know theoretically those are different universes you know where I don't know it's it's yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't hold your breath <laughs> I don't really have a favorite one because it doesn't really stand out like I remember basically whatever the last one maybe it was JLA Avengers but like there were a lot of ties mm-hmm. you know like the heroes yeah. would fight and then and then it would be like you're just kidding but then we also got the uh, like. Then we got the amalgam stuff, and that mm-hmm. stuff just got weird. Yeah, I I, th- I I think it just works better in concept. Um, I'm gonna. I just want to read the last email here. Okay. And 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 the reason that I'm doing this is because a this is something Connor would never let me do, so I'm gonna do it anyway. But also, I, this is not me. Po- I just want to point out, I'm not reading this because I'm polishing my own shoes here. <laughs> I, there's an actual comment that I that I want to make. So, uh, an episode or two ago, whenever it was, uh, Travis wrote into us and he he said he's a really big DC fan and he thought we were really hard on DC. Um, and we answered his question because this is a thing we get a lot. Depending on who you are, you're, you you see the opposite of your bias and our bias. And the fact is, everybody's bias. He, as a writer, was being biased because he said, I'm super pro DC. And what he heard was us criticizing DC. And what Connor and I said was basically, I really, I really liked the, the conversation that came out of it. But basically, uh, the conversation was that, you know, we're just looking for things to say about books one way or the other. It's not really a thing about it one way or the other. If it's interesting, good or bad, we're going to talk about it. So he wrote back in and he said, thank you for answering my question. You guys made some great points especially about how important it is to point out positives and negatives in books. Because after answering my questions, I was thinking about it and I've tried listening to a lot of different comic book podcasts and it's actually your honest opinions, negative or positive that keeps me listening and enjoying your show year after year. Uh, I was recently listening to a DC fan podcast and it was all positive. And you know what? I got very bored of the podcast and stopped listening. Um, he goes on to say like, thanks. And, and we've turned him on to a lot of books that he really liked a lot. And that's good. And that's great. That's why we do this. 
The reason that I'm I'm reading this is not to be like, man, we are great compared to this other podcast. It's not it. I was just so damned impressed that a guy wrote into us in today's horrible, horrible, horrible climate <laughs> of the way that people interact with each other. And and we we weren't rude, but we basically was like, no, you're wrong. And here's why. And he listened to it and was like, yeah, you have a point there. And I was just like, oh, what a what a refreshing and delightful thing. And that is the thing that I love about the audience of this show. Because I wouldn't do this if it was so that I could argue with people about dumb shit. Mm. I, I don't want to do that. And, I, and, and like every week, the people who say dumb things to us versus the people who say the opposite of dumb stuff to us uh, is 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 huge is like the, the, it's exactly what I want. And I, and I just, I really appreciate the audience for that. And like the email coming in, I read it. It's like, wow, that's the best possible outcome for what we said to this person. Uh, and that made me really happy because there's way too much dumb going on and, and incivility. So I thought that was pretty civil. And so I think that was cool. Thank you, Travis. And thanks to everybody else for not being dullards. If you'd like to write in, it's contact at iFanboy uh, via old standard email. Uh, you can also send voicemails in through there if such a thing is what you would like to do. Uh, the last book spill we did was on New Avengers Volume 1 Breakout uh, by Brian Bendis and um, David Finch. And people uh, were aghast at how full of joy Connor and I were talking about it. Um, because we were, so were we, we were like, I don't, I don't know why I enjoyed this so much, but it was great. Uh, that's basically what that show is, uh, as we talk about, uh, Bendis's first Avenger story, uh, if you don't count Avengers Disassembled. So second Avenger story. Um, <laughs> also, if you look back in the feed, uh, you will find podcasts for Deadpool 2 and Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, I wasn't on Deadpool 2, but I was on Solo. Uh, I liked both of those films. There's your spoiler. Uh, next time we're coming around in July, we will have one on Ant-Man and Wasp, which I am very much looking forward to. I thought you might comment there on it, which was what that pause was, but mm. really? Mm. Really? Mm. Did you like the first Ant-Man? Uh, actually, I did. It, it sits in my top five Marvel movies. Really? Yeah, I just, I, like, I'm a sucker for heist, uh, heist sure. stuff. Sure. Uh, and that that got me all all excited. Uh, I am excited for for Ant Man and the Wasp. I, I think for me, uh, I'm in a weird spot as far as sure. superhero movies go. In that, like, Infinity War happened, and I still feel exhausted by it. I get um, that. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to go see Ant Man and the Wasp, and I'm <laughs> hoping it it'll get me out of my self imposed funk. I like uh, the idea I think that it it's smaller. Yes. Or it seems smaller. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm I, I'm I don't. If I never saw another superhero movie, I'd be fine. <laughs> I've I've had, like there's been dozens of them. Yeah. But that being said, I can still muster up. Well, it looks fun. He's put mm-hmm. it. He put the building in a suitcase. <laughs> there's all sorts of reasons that doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna go with this. And I do love Paul Rudd. How do you so, not? And he's got yep. he's got moments before his youth fades. I know the feeling, so he's got to get on this. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I made myself laugh. That's nice. I just congratulated ourselves and our listeners that I made myself laugh uh, while just talking endlessly. Get over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking us on facebook.com slash ifanboy, where I'm not. Uh, or you can follow at ifanboy on Twitter. You can follow us individually. I am J.A. Flanning on Twitter and Instagram. And Connor uh, is C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. And and who you are what? 
I am Jim Viscardi uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. And you don't think that Star Wars is ready for sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a delightful exchange. It was short, but God. it was delightful. Um, if you... <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you can get from Jim's Twitter feed. Um if you dig the show, this one here or any of the shows, uh, you can write us a review or leave a, a, a star rating on iTunes. Uh, you should go back to listen to, to Jim's old interview shows, the title of which I don't remember right now. It was Let's Talk Comics, man. That's right. Let's Talk Comics. I, it was really good, I, and I enjoyed I it. I, I didn't think, remember the title. I actually don't think they're on iTunes anymore. I need to put them back. Oh, wow. Let me ask you a question. Serious yep. question. You're a guy, you came up as an intern starting at Marvel. You were there for a while. You saw everything. You saw the guts. You did everything. You left that. Now you're working from sort of the other side of things where you're, you're you know, putting out content uh, about, about all this stuff. How do you see things differently now uh, than you did when you were inside Marvel? I don't think I see things differently. I, I, I see it. Or what do you know now that you didn't? I see it more full, right? Uh-huh. In the... Like, I know what it was like to be on the keeping secret side, Mm -hmm. and then now I'm on the trying to find out what the secret side Mm -hmm. is. Um, I can see the frustrations that fans and creators have from both sides. Sure. Um, And and that was the, the, uh, the biggest thing for why I, I did the podcast and I had to stop the podcast because it was just so time consuming but I think I'm going to try and bring it back spoiler um, or surprise mm-hmm. announcement I don't know but it was one of those things where uh, there comic creators are really really interesting and Absolutely. just in the way that websites work in general I mean ESPN or uh, you know any other type of website that's just putting stuff out, you, you, there's no one has the attention span to, to read long stuff anymore is mm-hmm. what I've found. And, um, so I did the podcast because like I said, I think creators are, are freaking interesting as all hell. And there's an audience for that. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where you just need to find the right, the right venue for it. Sure. Um, which is why, I really liked doing the podcast, and it was a moderate success mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. The, I mean, there were um, some. There, were, I mean, if nothing, like you're right. Like comic book creator, I've met a lot of people. Comic book creators, I think, are my favorite kinds of people. Just mm-hmm. it, it, like percentage wise, like I, I know there's a lot of great people I, who make comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot. You were, it was successful, in the, if nothing else, in the fact like there were a lot of great conversations on there. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I was already in the tank for Gabe Hardman, but I really enjoyed listening to him talk to you, you know, same way on uh, Mark Miller, you know, and I've talked to those guys too, but like, those were good. Those were good things. And there's lots yeah, more I mean, on there. That's the thing too. It's like when you can get someone to commit, I mean, the, cause those episodes were long. I mean, they were, each of them were like yeah. two hours each. And so if you can get someone who's willing to commit to that time and a lot of it happens too, where it just, it, it you, if you just let it flow, then it happens. Yep. And if you can get these guys to commit the time and tell the stories that you know you can get out of them, it's it, it was a lot of fun. Great. Now I'm going to have to start this like next week and start it back up. Thanks, Josh. Listen, I did it. <laughs> it's the same thing. I was out. I was done. And I get an email from Mark Miller, who I don't know and have never talked to. He's like, "I want to do your show." And I was like, "What show?" 
<laughs> and and he's like, I can literally. This is they, they were like, I can come out to New Hampshire, and I was like, I don't even do a video show anymore. <laughs> can we just talk on the phone? And then he was, I was like, why is he being so cool to me? And I still don't know. But I did that, and I was like, that was fun. And then I started doing a couple more, and then we did the Patreon, and then I, now I do them. I only do them once every other month, but I, I, lo- I love doing them. They're great. I have to do another one soon. Damn it. I don't like setting them up. I like <laughs> doing it. I like I dislike everything up until the point that I, I start talking to somebody. And then I well, dislike there's, everything there's, after There's that. a lot that goes into it. This, this scheduling? Not fun. No. No. People have kids. You, you got to do it at weird hours. It's... Well, they don't have kids, and then they don't want to do it at weird hours, but I do. That's a thing. I have to wrap this show up. We have to go. It's very long. It's very long. A lot of people are talking about how long the show is. I don't know. <laughs> Every once in a while, I do the president, but very subtly. Um, so, right, uh, we did the reviews. Uh, tell people about uh, the us, and, and tell pe- you don't need to tell people about comicbook.com. People know about it. If it would help Jim, then you could tell people about that it. Was a, that was a very nice backhanded compliment. Thank you. Well, I'm, it wasn't really backhanded. I was like, you don't need my help. <laughs> that's not the issue here. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's all. I'm Josh. I'm Goodbye. Here. Goodbye. Thank you so much. This was really fun. I had a good time. I hope so. Oh,